This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, Declan and Linz, uh, let's start with Mike Yo. Mike Yo fired, and my only yes. and my only surprise is it took so long. When, when you make the investments that the St. Louis Blues did during the course of the off season, and you don't get a return in the National Hockey League, you don't get much time. So Mike Yo out of work. I'm actually not surprised it took them as long as it did to fire him. My reason is because they've had so much coaching turnover at that organization for the last couple of years. They had the Ken Hitchcock. Did you just go Canadian? Oh, yeah. <laughs> organization? Organization. Oh, yeah. the blue went, line. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. The the franchise. Is that what Americans say? Talk about it. Uh, how about that deco over there, huh? Oh, sure. We get milk in a I'm bag. I'm sorry to interrupt, but you just. No, that's all right. Canadian. That's that all right. I'm, try- awesome. I'm trying to do what Phil has asked me to do to improve myself to make this podcast successful and everything else that I do where I don't refer to the wild as we because I'm not on the team because that's something I struggle with. Cut, yeah. Well, yes, I got cut, but because I've been involved with hockey so long and because of the, this is our ice and all the marketing brainwashing they do, that's why they do it. So whatever. That's why I said organization. But you had Mike Gill coming to the St. Louis Blues organization, franchise, whatever, a couple of years back as basically head coach in waiting and Ken Hitchcock announced that he was going to retire at the end of the year. And then what do you know? Kenny's up in, up in uh, Edmonton now because the Oilers tire, fired Todd McClellan too. But I don't I think the Blues wanted to fight. They don't want that much turnover. They have to have somebody consistent. They haven't had coaching consistency there for like three or four years. Where it's just kind of, is Ken staying? Is he going? Who's where? When's Yo coming in? I think they're just, even though they signed a bunch of big name free agents, they're looking for something to just settle. I get it. I get why he was, why he had to go. Um, especially since we've been down this road before here in Minnesota. And like Judd said, there was expectations uh, getting ROR and, and making some big offseason moves. But at the end of the day, Yo got fired because Jake Allen couldn't stop a puck. Jake, no. they, they have, they were terrible they, in that this year. If they had start and they couldn't dig out, even if they had average goaltending, Mike Yo's still coaching the Blues today. Uh, they St. Louis has the second worst GA in the Western Conference this year. If anything, Jake Allen's the reason Mike Yo got fired. Do we know what Jake Allen's contract situation is down there? No, but I'm very confused. Why do you make all, all of the moves that the Blues made to try and improve themselves? And you knew. He's a wild card. Jake Allen? Yes. yes. I, I think two of the well, last... I think they chose wrong a couple of years ago when they chose between him and Brian Elliott. Well, you're probably personally. right. Right. But if I'm not mistaken in this, I want to say two of the last three years or possibly two of the past two years, there have been points in the in the regular season Jake Allen's been struggling so bad mm-hmm. that he's been set home. Yeah, they had him. La- they had that last like, year when I, the if, Wild beat up on him a couple year, a couple times last year. I think it was one of the games I went to. He let in like six goals on 20 shots, and they li- that was right before they sent him home. If I have to send my goalie home, Linz, I- I'm probably cutting bait right there. Mm-hmm. Well, you know like, what's good at, what goalies okay, are really good at? Mental stability. <laughs> Just speaking from experience, you know it's really you know it's really easy to dig yourself out of it when goalies get in that kind of mental cloudiness where it seems like that they're doing the work that they're showing up, they're doing all the right things, but something just isn't clicking for them. They just need it. They need one of two things: they need to be sent home and be coddled, or they need a kick in the ass. And so it depends on what type of goalie you're dealing with. And then Jake Allen gets sent home, and then he kind of comes back for the rest of the year. He does okay. 
He's not playing super well this year, so maybe they need to start looking at a different goal at a different goaltending situation for the Blues. But he, the problem is, is that so many coaches don't have like a full understanding of the mental side of hockey, especially not just goalies, but just all around. You could say that we've had issues here with the Minnesota Wild with Charlie Coyle, Nino Niederreiter, who have tons of periods where they just disappear. And I think there needs to be more of an emphasis on the sports psychology part of it, of the mental part, of making sure that these guys are confident. Because these younger guys are a lot different than, you know, your players that you had 30 years so, ago. where's the fine line between between what you're talking about right there, though, and it gets to coddling? Like, where's that line? I like, think, like, when can you just kick a person right in the ass right. and be like, we're paying you, you know, good money, you're 23 right. years old, just yeah. do your bleeping job. Yeah, I guess it, it's a... It, it, it depends on the individual. You know, I've done a lot of a lot of hockey coaching, and I've been coached a lot of different ways. Um, and everybody's different. Like, I always thought that I needed more of a supportive role from my coach. But then when I got to college, the way that I was playing, the best res- my coach got the best results out of me by basically just ripping me a new a hole every day, which sucked. And at the time, I was like, "This sucks." But now, as I, yeah, yeah, but that's what I mean. Some people, it depends on where they are in their life. But I think where the line between coddling and so and support gets blurred is when the coach starts listening to the players in the sense of not being an open door to like bounce ideas off of or talk to them about, but them manipulating the coaches to get certain amounts of playing time, much like we saw with Jimmy Butler with the Timberwolves, or we see sometimes with the Wild why we wonder certain players are out there so much. It's not because it's because the it's there's too much power invested in some people across the league in and, different teams. And I think we saw that when Yo was here with Ryan Suter. I mean, we, we saw with, 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 mm-hmm. with Parise and mm-hmm. Suter that mm-hmm. both of them kind of pushed Yo around a little bit to the point where it costed Yo his job because he couldn't because he couldn't wrangle in that locker room. He couldn't get the results right. that he needed. He, so he alienated the younger guys. And yeah. That, that, and then, so he, lo- he had the younger guys before because he had coached them down in Iowa and in Houston, Houston when it was right. in Houston. Do you guys think he gets a third chance? Because I'm not sure. In the NHL? Yeah. No. The league being the way that the league is, I won't be surprised. But that being said, I think if I'm a team, uh, I think he could be a good assistant coach. Yep. Or a good coach for your American Hockey League affiliate. Yep. Or a college coach yeah. or a junior coach. I'm I think very, he yeah. needs to be with younger people. Point. I think I'd say hard pass. Yeah. I'm I, very intrigued as him as a D1 coach in, in college hockey. He's Canadian, very right? I believe yes. he is. Yeah. Yes. So honestly, but his his kids all live here. I think his son is just starting college, or in, mm-hmm. I could see him running like a a Green Bay Gamblers organization and doing it extremely well because I think he's personable. He's younger still. He gets some of the younger stuff. I think the problems he runs into with team chemistry is when he puts he doesn't know how to stand up towards those older players that are more established. And then by placating them, he also burns bridges with the younger players like he did here because they. They supported him, but yeah. as he started placating towards Pleasy, towards Suter, then they got pissed. They're like, "Well, he's not on our side either." And then you have no friends. That's a fine line to walk, though, because Bruce right now barely he, he's better mm-hmm. at it, but he still placates them. Oh, for I, sure. I mean, Dubnik too. Last, thir- last Thursday mm-hmm. night, they beat the Canucks six to two. Great game. Charlie Coyle, Charlie Coyle from heaven above plays a fantastic game. Pleasy's out sick, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm not mistaken, Hendricks came up. Coyle was on, but Coyle was then bumped up to the Koivu yep. Nino line, 
and played fantastic. And that's our first line. And next game, next game, Parisi comes back, and guess what? Parisi's right, right back on that line. And so I think that's Well, he Bruce. should be. He has the second highest point shares out of everybody on the team. But my point is, Parisi technically you think could go onto a different line and be just fine. Mm-hmm. If you found a place for Coyle, I'm going to milk that. Yes. I mean, yeah. playing yeah. with Coyle ain't taking him away from Gretzky. No, okay? right. no it's not. But the, the point being is... Bruce walks that line, and I think mm-hmm. he does a good job. But when you got guys that make $98 million over the co- course of 13 seasons, mm-hmm. there is amount of babysitting that I guess oh, just sure. constantly has to go on. Because it doesn't matter. Bruce could be here for another three years, and they're still going to be here longer than him. Yep. And that's the problem. And I think Zach's one of those players where everybody's their individual snowflake and, and puzzle piece. But some of them you can force into other situations more than others. Charlie's an extremely unique piece that has yet to find a, a full fit. But the minute you think that there's something good going, they like you said, Judd, I think they should defer to him because they need him to get going in the case that Parisi's sick or he's hurt, like that never happens, or any other players that are on dry spells. He's one of those guys that you need production from. So I would try to get all of the players that are struggling right now, get them with the right people, and then the rest of people just fill it in. It's like, you know, you reverse it. Yeah, you saw the roster when Yo got fired and when Torch took over that you could just tell that the players were running that locker room. And, mm-hmm. and that's why Torch, unfortunately, not that I should say he deserved to be retained, but also got the boot right out right out well, the gate because they to, knew. It's tough to ask an interim to step in because they're Correct. still part of the regime. And if you're looking for a full change, you need a full change. And, and I I think there was a butting of heads too with mm-hmm. well, there those, was with eleven and twenty. Mm-hmm. With, there was there uh, was Torchetti. those guys are so sensitive. Yes. That if you recall in the Dallas playoff series, it was yeah. it was a home game here, mm-hmm. and Suter royally screwed up on what became a star's goal, mm-hmm. and Torch. Yes. referred to it, but didn't even call Ryan out by name. He just said, we have to have our man at point X, Y, or Z. Isn't wasn't Torch known for being like a ripper to like? No, th- nothing gets held back well, like a very tough blunt. guy. I think he, he could be blunt, but the but the end of the story is Riot Suter got really mad yeah. at Torch for that, and all he did was basically point out you screwed up, and that's how that's why that's where I think Bruce is fantastic. Yes, like Bruce Bruce Boudreau to me is one of the best coaches in this town. Because he continually pushes the right buttons. Well, he had good practice. Yeah, he <laughs> did. True, but I, I looked this up last week. The Minnesota Wild last year, I, I believe, and this is a team that would go into like eight game, eight game or month long mm-hmm. ruts with Yo. Yeah, mm-hmm. had I believe their longest losing streak of two thousand would have been seventeen eighteen mm-hmm. was three games. Yeah, and their worst slide was something like four or five in December, mm-hmm. and that was it. Yeah. Right now, the playoffs came and it changed. But that's pretty impressive. But they had to push so hard that by the time they got to that playoff series, they were so gassed. And that Dallas team at that point was what in year two or three with Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn had an arguable MVP year that year. True, they were just a faster team that year. They were just a better team, so it wasn't like they were walking in with fresh legs and the advantage. Right. Against on both. I, I am interested to see, though, if, if Mike Yo lands somewhere else. Maybe he takes some time off here, obviously. Maybe he'll pull a Quenville, be ripping shots in, in, uh, at the Vikings tailgate How on Sunday. That? What? Did you see that? Joel Quenville was ripping shots at Soldier Field in the parking lot. <laughs> Shut what? up! During no. the Black You're lying! Game, he no was... way! I didn't hear about oh, it's this! Great. It's great. Yeah. I loved it. He's on the shot ski. So he's... Shut up! No, he's, he's my favorite. There's he's a shot class favorite. on the shot ski, and it's... he's doing shots with I'm the really mad that the Oilers fired McClellan and then immediately picked up Ken Hitchcock because, like I said a couple weeks ago, the listeners. Yes, but first. 
this. The listeners won't know because all of our practice podcasts make sure we know what we're doing. That won't be posted. Uh, we don't want to I had said that, don't worry about that Quenville should be the coach of the Oilers, and then the Oilers fire their, yeah. t- fire their coach, and then they pick up Ken Hitchcock. He's going to wrangle in McDavid. Can I ask yeah. you guys? We'll see. Can I ask you guys? So that's done because Hitchcock, who I believe has now retired and unretired something like two or three times, that was done because Hitchcock can coach defense, right? Because that, that's yes. his forte. Right. But can you explain to me how it's a good idea for Peter Chiarelli, the GM of the Oilers, who's a complete moron, <laughs> to hire a guy um, who's a I'm defensive first coach for Connor McDavid? Yeah, that's not going to end Like, well. don't. I would have run to McDavid and been like, like, what do you think, Connor? But like you said, with, with, with Bruce is. Yes, you're going to probably say he's a better coach than Yo, but they probably are both the same in X's and O's wise. It's about managing talent. It's about managing specific personalities on that team. Joel Quenville knows how to manage star talent. Oh, no, I'm, told, I'm with you. But so I don't care is, if he's a defensive coach. Oh, no, I'm, right. oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm saying Hitchcock. No, oh, I, yeah. no yeah, I'm yeah, saying, okay, I'm saying why is you're Hitchcock... You're supporting me. It feel, I'm, no, I'm so used to No, your Quenville call that. is great. And, and I could see Quenville... I could have seen firing McClellan and replacing him with like an assistant coach from that staff mm-hmm. and then... And then in the summer, hiring Quenville. No, what I'm saying is Hitchcock's a defensive first guy, right? And he's okay. like, old and he's mean. Right, so how does that work for Connor McDavid? It doesn't. He's the only person I care about they, if I'm the Oilers. They're yeah. better off um, hiring Jeremy Colleton than the Blackhawks are based on age of their team. Absolutely. Because clearly there there is some sort of transition between the generations right now. Clearly millennial players are a lot different and as fellow millennials, right, Declan? Correct. Yeah, you two are we we, yes, we, we are. have to be pushed with, a certain way, and everybody's yeah, different because we've been that. all yeah. told. Shut up and do your jobs. We've been all told how special we are, so we don't really yeah. know how to push each individual person. Well, and you want explanations too, right? Which is something I actually get. Right. I respect that, but Ken Hitchcock. Ken Hitchcock's not a handholder. Neutral zone trap game. That's uh, that's that's what he's going to be doing. I just don't get why get you get speed. like a horse driver coach for a team that is so youthful. I understand that they want to improve defensively because they're awful there. But this guy... It's called trade trade Taylor Hall for somebody better than Adam Larson. Yeah, exactly. But this guy, for Connor McDavid's going to go crazy. Oh, I bet. And and just after he signed that, when does that contract kick in next year? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Very likely. But the responsibilities that he's going to be asked to now be... Focusing on Con- you're Connor McDavid. Yeah. Well, plus this basically, unless they fire Shirelli and then throughout uh, the rest of the season here, he has to be involved in the hiring process, which elongates his stay with the organization longer than it should be. He should have been fired a long time ago. He should have been fired today. I guarantee you, he's like, "Yep, it's a typical displacement of blame." And I was, I'm going to find our best candidate. We'll get Ken will handle the shit, but next year I got us. Well, and is Ken now going to come in and retire again? I don't like, know. What the hell? Yeah, going he's on? literally just hanging out there. for mid-season firings. To be like, I'll do it for four mil. He's going to say for the check. He's yeah. going to turn Connor McDavid into Miko Koivu. He's going to have to turn him into a don't defensive rival center. You're gonna but that's what he's going. But that's what he's going to do. He's going to make him into a. He might be want, right. He was. He, he's going to want to make screw him up a, where he thinks he's bigger than the coach, and all of a sudden Connor McDavid becomes a huge a hole. Obviously, McDavid is at least a decent enough defensive center obviously his game's all on offense but if you're gonna make him a defensive sound a guy that's that's a clone of Miko Koivu so winning faceoffs and being a penalty killer and and having defensive responsibilities yeah that's gonna upset it's him. just not gonna work it's not gonna Daryl Sutter at it's not gonna work oh he's good he's a lost cause yeah he's, why he's, he's why too. just because he had success a long time ago he has with one the less Kings. cup than Quenville the what players him hated him so much at one point yes. with the yeah, they, had a they, players lock, only... they, they locked him out of the locker room this happens that. to every Okay, Quenville got Sutter, fired. Joel this Sutter's happens every the, coach. I'm with you on Quenville. I'm with you on Quenville. I, I think Joel's great. 
Daryl Sutter's not the answer. No. Nor is he's Ken an answer somewhere because they it, we just they just keep hiring the same type. McClellan will probably go back to somewhere in California I because that's the only co- way he knows how to get anywhere. It's California or Edmonton. California. Or I Edmonton. think your Colleton call is far more on the right path. Finding well, all young my coaches. calls are great, Judd. We all know this. <laughs> but that's why I think Mike Yo might coach again. Yeah. This league is so recycled. But the thing is, is that he's no original he's thought. had a chance None. with younger players and he hasn't been able to connect with the younger players of two different organizations. I'm just going to run the run that word in the ground for the rest of the podcast. Sorry. Oh, I have no problem with that. It's just Canadian. It's fine. It's fine. Canadians are good for things, too. Anyway, this is one I don't get. The Blues firing I get. Yeah. I don't get putting Ken Hitchcock in charge of a team that's got the best player. And in especially since there are coaches out there that are better. There are better options. And that they do it so – it's not even – they didn't even take a day to be like, let's just test the wires. Like, nope, Kenny! Kenny, my boy. Well, they must have been talking to him for quite a while. They had yeah. to. Well, what's unbelievable is this guy claims he's retired and he must be picking up the phone or something every day. Like, hey, you got to. And you know, he's he's coached stars before, pun intended. He's Fairly. he's coached he's coached big time players, but not like I think in the, it's it's a very different stars in 2018 are much different than yeah, Mike Madonna and like said, even five years ago. That star, yeah, that's with Jamie Ben. Yeah, but it didn't work in Dallas last no, time. No, it didn't. So no, like, what makes who, you... who leads their team? And yeah, what's he gonna? He's gonna be. You're right. Declan's gonna have these guys be trapping and yeah. crap like that. It's gonna be. He's a, Connor McDavid is so anyway. good because he gets through the neutral zone so quickly and so much better than everybody else. And he's literally gonna change. You're right. You might. You're, you. You might gonna be turn right, to Miko Declan. He might ruin them. And we all him. we all thought that Connor McDavid was gonna be ruined by the Oilers franchise when he got drafted. So this might actually be the, the legit nail in the coffin. Well, yeah. You know how sad it's gonna be. Very sad. They I mean, got for Austin Matthews, who's hurt. Yeah, true, true. Wild. All right, they go from the hot streak to uh, three or four. Saturday. They're beating uh, Buffalo to rip. I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is going to be a not easy win, but a win. Buffalo comes back now. Buffalo. I watched a bunch of their game on Monday night, and they're I not believe, bad. No, I believe they were down four to one or five to one at Pittsburgh and came back and won. Now yeah. Pittsburgh's wow. in trouble now. They're in trouble. But the point well, they being so back and everything. Buffalo Buffalo's not bad. You're right. Mm-hmm. And and then you lose on Sunday evening to the Blackhawks, which to me is a terrible loss. The Blackhawks bad aren't loss. good. Crawford, I know Crawford, but they're not good. In case you're wondering, not I'm not a huge fan of Corey Crawford. So anyway, do we what do we make of this team right now? Either one of you. I think this is a what is happening is exactly what I thought was going to happen. And I, oh, do I have some stats? I have goalies. Oh, so you did some here. prep. I did, did very little, goal. very little. Right. But the big difference, I looked at Dubnik because the last few games, it's not that he's playing poorly, but there is a little bit of difference. That one goal in Buffalo where he had the puck, he had it there, and then they it just kind of, I hate this word, squirted out to the side. And then Rasmus comes in and hammers uh, the rebound in. Those types of goals are mental mistake goals. Like, you should be able to smother that and have that. Do they happen? Yes. But this is also because Dubnik's playing in a game after they've been home for four days where he played Washington before. And, you know, we hashed this out before. I think that Salok needs to play more. But Dubnik, in October, he was 9-5-2. In November, he's 7-4-3. Basically the same. But he's almost letting a half a goal more in per game. So now he's up to a two almost 2.6 goals against average versus a 2.2. And his save percentage is now a 90 versus a 93. But the biggest difference is that he stopped 299 out of 319 saves in the first month of the season. He's seen almost half that in this month, and he's played worse. That's the thing with him. 
I think. I think that's But we're not surprised by that, right? We've talked about this quite a bit. And this is – now, first of all, he got off to an incredible start. So that was never going to continue that way. But second of all, we've talked about this on the uh, practice podcasts. And in those – you, we kept saying this. He can't play this much. No, right. But the thing is, though, even though he's seeing far less shots in the second month of the season versus the first, but yet he's letting in a larger number of goals. Like you said, an unsustainable thing. He, but it's not just that he's playing too much, but that he's playing too well. Like those goals are going to happen, but in that first month of the season they weren't happening because no. he, he had he saved, everything, and he absolutely saved their ass at and, that point. Right, and so yeah. to ask him to continue to not just play Correct. nearly flawlessly is more more of a, the issue rather than the plan. Because I get it, he should play, he should play less and all that other stuff. But the big thing is, is that he just he you can't expect perfection, and that's what he was playing before. And now this team, all of a sudden, it's not a hundred percent solid, and you're not getting scoring from your defensemen. Then we go downhill because all of our scoring was coming from okay. the defenseman. And from, but let's parse this head. out, though, because because if you want to have a chance in the spring and, and just as importantly, want to continue playing quality hockey in February and March, mm-hmm. you need to get to a point where Dubnik's not playing every right. game. you got to get rhythms on both sides where he feels and Stalock has to play more. And when, when Greenlee said on Sunday, oh, it feels like Alex Stalock has played more than four games. Really, it has? Because I, I don't think it has. It's, it's been Dubnik for 90% of the games this year. And there was no reason for him to play in that Washington game. There was no reason to play in the Buffalo game. I thought they should have flipped. I think Stalock should have started against the Sabres and Dubnik should have won against the Blackhawks. That's I agree. I, that's what I think should have happened. Give, if you want to keep up his confidence, Blackhawks are technically the crappier team this year. Yeah. Now, now, Bruce said the reason that he's playing Stalock in the second game of back-to-backs is because the team's more tired, and yeah. in his estimation, Stalock's ability to move the puck as a uh, pseudo-third yeah. defenseman helps. But I, this, but, but I think this needs to be looked at completely different. If I have one criticism of Bruce, he needs to play both these guys, and Lynn is pr- probably right. You know what? The, the Washington game, I'm sure Dubnik came to him and said, you know, play me. It's Ovechkin. I yeah. want to play. But at some point in time, you've got to say, Devin, I'm doing what's best for the team here. Right. And you're going to play a lot. And but what's not, best yeah. for the team is you are fresh into – because we've seen this before. The stats, Linz, that you're going through mm-hmm. are not unusual Dubnik stats. No, he's no, very he's very you said that a erratic. thousand times. Yes, he's well, very erratic. Right, down. On, right, on right. And that's the thing. It's not an injury concern because he, he's been durable. He absolutely has. He hasn't – remember Baxter would be out for long periods of time back in the day oh, because yeah. he had hip problems and all other stuff. It's just literally Dubnik gets mentally exhausted and then when he gets mentally exhausted he doesn't have the athleticism or the size. This is where his size is a disadvantage. When you get mentally tired, that's where you the bad habits start to slip in. When you have a big body, that's a lot of extra movement. That leads to more goals because you have more to control. So I think for him, it's not necessarily it's like, Dubs, we think you're tired. I th- Physically tired. It's not. He's just he needs to. He needs to just go back, take a couple practices, refine, get the tweaks down, take a couple shots to the tum tum. Feel all good. Well, it's all the fine. The thing is, too, this defense always does a really good job of not allowing high danger shots. They 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 can shut down lanes and they, and they can do a really good job making Dubnik's job easier. And I guess the counter argument, and a lot of goalies would agree that. Goalies like to see shots. Goalies would prefer to mm-hmm. see forty shots a night yeah. if they he, got to. And choose. he's one of he's one of those people that yeah. likes to. He would much rather see a game where he sees forty shots and he sees ten. And I know that Pominville goal looks slick, but you got to make that save. Mm-hmm. I, I, you got mm-hmm. you got to oh, make for that sure. save. Jason Pominville scored that goal. Yeah. Jason Pominville couldn't score on we, the forehand they didn't from need the him. slot when he was wearing a wild yeah, they sweater. Didn't need no. him. Well, but at the time they didn't. Yeah, his share, I he, he's, actually, that he's actually putting up some numbers this year too. I'm pretty that, sure he's that actually was, doing well. He couldn't have scored that no. goal, that, that shot, that backhand turnaround shot that he scored against the 
wild on Saturday night would have been in the third row of the stands yeah. up, into the, up into the fan protection netting. Right. And a broken stick on the forehand if he was on the power play. Would exactly the other thing the that I thing. think about Dubnik, too, is when you could tell, to your point, Linz, about him tiring mentally, he starts to allow those bad angle, weird ass. Yes. on the po- his post play is so is his worst part of his game, and he can help negate it when he's one hundred percent focused. But when he starts to get pissed, yep. or he starts to get tired, <laughs> yes. or the refs aren't doing their job, he starts freaking out, and that's where you have those small little little, little holes that open up because it, he is because he's so big. That's just the way it is. But yeah, he lets in all those little crap. Like there's no goal, no reason why that Palmerville Palmerville goal should happen. There's no reason why that rebound should be there. Those are all hundred percent. And the teams start to shoot from there too, right? And that's the thing. The it's like, but that be, because at that point you're like, why would I go and try to cut to the middle and bust my butt and probably get taken down when I can just do this? And the the Wild have been terrible in the D zone of picking people up as well, so they're just hammering away at rebounds. That's the whole bit. You're like, I I get a good shot. It gets through. I don't have to get hammered. And we just pick up the rebound. We call it a day. And and then that that's all. That's what they all they have to do to beat them right now. Yeah, he's uh. I, I think it, it's important for him, yeah, to kind of refocus. And and for deep, Bruce's side, he needs to. Oh. Bruce needs to really just start putting in Alex Stalock more. Is what what needs to happen? Because right now, yeah, five starts for Alex Stalock is. But is he not is, doing is not it because he doesn't trust Stalock? Is he not doing it because Dubnik's telling him to keep that, playing yeah. Dubnik? Like I'd like to know what that's the, the million dollar. We're never going to get that logic. Answer. Is right. we'll never get the. I think it's probably a little bit, a little of this, little of that, and it's all mixed together. I'm sure that Dubnik has pressure on him to keep playing him, but. I don't know. All right, so Granlund at one point was playing fantastic. <laughs> and when Granlund plays mm-hmm. fantastic, he is awesome to watch. Mm-hmm. I've got a theory, though, because I, I always tried to decide, why does he go through these stretches where he looks like an all-star? There's, like, no mm-hmm. question about yes. it. And then and then he – it's not that he's terrible, but he just starts to look ordinary again. And my theory is this. I think when he starts to play really well, he believes to himself, this is me now. And I think what makes him play – during his best periods, what makes him so good is he works his ass off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he thinks to himself, well, I'm playing really well now. And he sort of just, I don't well, know. It's an easy coast, coast, Coasts might be too strong, but he definitely changes his style of play. And I know, Yes, and I, mm-hmm. exactly. And I know he's not a big guy, and therefore I'm sure he's banged up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But, man, if he could ever keep up that tenacious style for an extended period, I think that's the problem. And that transla- that ju- not just translates to the physical part, like him being more physically involved. When he's operating that confidence, he shoots more. And when he shoots more, yeah. he, he has You're like right. a 22% shot percentage, he's which is high. Puck, shooting the puck a ton this year. Yeah, and that's the thing is that he wasn't shooting early on. Then he started shooting, started scoring. Like that first that first Vancouver game, I was like, we should trade for Marcus because he's the only Grandland brother that shoots. Then he starts shooting, and then they start winning. He starts getting a lot of goals and going here. And like to like you said, I think that's a hundred percent true, Dud. I think that he gets a little bit hot to trot, and he's like, I can lay back a little bit, try to get a little cutesy, try to toe drag here there. He can't do that. He has to operate at like a seven out of ten out of confidence scale of all time. Yeah, and it's it's as if also if, if he plays a North American brand brand of hockey, he's fine. But it's when he's like, but I was a great European. Oh too. Yeah. yeah, you so can now, tell his Olympic gonna, goggles yeah. go on. And yeah, then he's just not sure. that good because mm-hmm. he's passing the puck. It's like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Well, he stops right. moving his feet because yes. you know, especially in the offensive zone, which is his biggest. Yes. is the transitions through the zone of him creating plays and finding people in different layers. When he brings him to the zone and he's trying to make ticky-tacky passes, that means he stops his feet towards the blue line and he's waiting there and just like, all right, who's it going to get? If you stop your feet, that means you're dead. Mm-hmm. That's his thing. Yeah, He, he, he thinks too much. Yeah, he, 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 gets, he can get inside of his head. And like Judd mm-hmm. said, I, he's someone that 
he's not necessarily going to beat you on his own talent. He's just not that kind he's of player. Not Datsuk. Yeah, he's just not no. that kind of player. He can But he can but he can make right. But mm-hmm. he he is he's he's why I don't get really too mad on those that group of four kids, the Granlin Coyle, Nino, Zucker people cuz he's the one that's usually the most consistent on what he brings to the yeah, ice that's one day out. Yeah, you can't apply Correct. the one to the four. But but my point is those other three guys will go through spells and I've now getting to the point where I've just I've given up on Coyle, Nino, Zucker, no, not Zucker, but I've given up on Nino and Coyle. I'm starting to come around to you a little and bit. And with right Granlin, I completely have trust in him. And he'll go through a bad game like he had the last two games, but I have I have trust that he'll bounce back. Are Nino, Coyle, and Zook all different yes. too in in the sense that um Nino's confidence is gone. Yeah. Like it's it's left the building. Zucker applies himself. I don't think I don't he's think it's confidence scoring, there. But he's he's getting okay. shots though. Like I've watched and I'm trying to figure him out because he's him, weird. But they keep putting him up and then demoting him back online. So Bruce is frustrated. There's an I think he's frustrated, but I also think that he's frustrated with other people on the team and that Jason's one of the versatile options that he has where he could stick him on any line and he's going to be able to click with at least one guy in that line. I think that's more of him being able being one of those versatile puzzle pieces rather than Bruce. I can't find a spot for him, but he is getting shots. He's just not scoring. He's just one of those that, as we would say in college, you need to go but there's find games. someone and get something taken care of when you hit a lot of posts. But there's games where he is all over the, the ice, and he might not mm-hmm. score a goal, but he'll yeah, get but he'll that, get like eight to ten Washington shots. That Washington game mm-hmm. that yes. you and I watched, he was great. Yes, mm-hmm. but then there's games where, where he'll get three or four shots, and mm-hmm. you're like, there's way more there. Right. Um. The coil thing, I just don't know now. I mean, we, he played the uh, the game against the Canucks. He was just great. He was but that's fantastic. The thing. That's what we but expect is that he of, shows like a, yeah, a flash, and then we're like, it's here. He's finally here. And but then, I wasn't. But I at this point, I don't uh, say that now. I just say to myself, I have no clue because this guy. And you knew as soon as they took him off that line mm-hmm. and put him back on a different line that he was going to regress, and he did. And but the Nino and Coil, to me. I don't know if there's a solution here because both of them just don't play with any confidence whatsoever. Nino just might be, I think, with him, and it's not because I don't think he has potential or a good player. I think he just needs a change of scenery, honestly. I think that he's just either. Like, what happened there? I don't know. But sometimes people just get into ruts. Coil, I I get. He's just sort of detached. Yeah, I've I've accepted Coil. How long was Nino? How much time did Nino miss last year? Because didn't he get hurt as well? Yeah, well, he actually, yeah, he broke his his, leg. No, that was was, was was Coil. Coil. He broke his ankle. He broke his ankle. Came back, scores a hat. Trick and then aggravated the injury and go yeah that's and then, so I and then think that's back where on the we, I think we look more to last season and how that season went for him versus to explain this year rather than like what we've seen so far because he hasn't been if he's been injured that much last year yeah. he's not with the team a lot so you're feeling and I, I wanted to talk about this and I mentioned to Declan is that Mike Babcock who coaches the Toronto Maple Leafs, and then Austin Matthews is one of those young stars. He's going to be out for the next six weeks or so with a shoulder injury. But Babcock decided to take him on the long road trip to California, mm-hmm. whereas usually players are left back because they do rehab and they don't, you know, you don't usually travel with the team. Sure. I think the way that Babcock is approaching injury to his star players, or 
I'm not saying that Nino is Austin Matthews. Right. But I think we that the Wild needed to employ that same type level of thinking, and this circles back to the mental side that I was talking about earlier, is that he's been away from this team, and while he's away, the, the team is growing. So he might be suited for the team last year, but he hasn't had the same experiences, shared experiences with his teammates. So maybe he's feeling disjointed from everyone. And you could say the same thing for Charlie, because they both have been out sporadically these last few years. And obviously, I'm not going to pretend like I'm Nino Niederreiter's trainer here, but I mean, I'm sure he went home to, to Switzerland in the summer. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of work he put in in the summer. I don't, I'm guessing he obviously put on some skates a few times, but you know, it also goes back to guys staying put and working and, and being conducive with your teammates. And, and getting and, that consistency and, that he hasn't had over the last yeah. few years. And I, I don't think Nino, yeah, Nino's confidence is so, so mm-hmm. shot right now that it's extremely concerning. And like with Coyle, I have just accepted that know. Charlie Coyle will never be a 50-point guy, ever. Yeah. Consistently. Consistently will yeah. never be a 50-point guy. Well, let's not but, be negative. But he he's out there for 17 minutes a, a night because Bruce Boudreaux trusts him because he's a, at least, he can be a, a not a not a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not an albatross on the ice. He, he uh, defensively, he's pretty sound. He's a big disappointment. Yeah. He's a, he, he's, a, disappointment. he's a disappointment from what we thought he would be, but I, I'm fine. Like, I'm honest. I, I mean, I'm fine with it because he is such a good, reliable player. That's what I'm looking for. He was a good, reliable player that he's going to be out there You're for 16, 17 minutes. You're fine as long as the other guys are performing because when he's, if he still turns that in and nobody else is performing, so then does, we have issues. So, so you don't watch that Canucks game, mm-hmm. and it doesn't frustrate you to see what you – Potentially should get on a semi-consistent basis. Yeah, I, I, that frustrates. Me. I've seen that. Tena- oh, it's frustrating. I, I've but... seen that skull on fire tenaciousness from him for for the last five years. And yeah, you, it used to really bug me. Now I've just I've, I've accepted that that's just not who he is. He's Those protect- games this are out. This is a defense mechanism, Judd. This is what he, we call disassociation. It, it's Andrew Wiggins. It, yeah, that's what kind he is. of. Yeah, kind he's, of. Andrew Wiggins. He's a physical freak and could not be better suited for the position that he plays. But for some reason, between the ears, he just hasn't figured out how to connect all the wires. I, I, but I do. But it's th- too late. Now, yeah. right? At this, he's what twenty five ish. Yeah, he's. If I would have said 26, that, 26. if I, ten years ago, I would have said no. But yes, just based on your shelf gener- life. No, generationally, it's a bit. Generationally, I think it's a bit. It's it's. And I'm sorry, I brought this up for the third time. I think it's a legit thing because a, our generation, we go through adversity, but. Most of the time, we have people help us through it. Like we'll work through it, but they haven't had to. He might not have the, the drive to really pull himself out that he or he might think he's doing it. Much like uh, who is it, Cordero or Treadwell? He Zimmer said he was running the stairs during Vikings training camp. He might just haven't. He's he might be doing all the right things. He just might not have been putting the time and the work into the right area of his his game. Like when I look at Dino and I see him struggling, like that's concerning because he might. Be out of a job in a few years well, if he if he keeps small. that up. I look at Charlie Coyle. Charlie Coyle is going to be in this league for ten more years yeah, because because he, because he, he works calling. hard and 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 because he's a, he's a sound player. Yeah, that's why I, he's I, big. His I, size will I'm, always be in fashion. Going to be I'm not worried about him. What's going to be frustrating about Coyle is that ultimately, if things develop as they should. We're going to watch Greenway play and be like, that should have been Coyle, too. Correct. Oh, yeah. We'll always compare. Th- that should have been a guy in well, front of the net. Well, thank God we have green- they have Greenway. And I just don't want him to watch Coyle too much. Well, like I don't we, think they're personality Like you said last like, week, he's been staying him. on the wing, hasn't he? Have they kept him on the wing for the most part? Yes. Uh, well, yeah. then that's the key. That's well, the key. they have to, too. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think Fenton, I mean, obviously, Fenton hasn't been around this entire time. But I think he knows how to develop defensemen. And he knows how to develop young talent. Right? Yeah, he's good at acquiring. Yeah, he it too. brought in Subban. He brought in. He had yeah. the Ellis. He has all, all those people at Nashville. He knows how to do that. It's just about plugging in the players in the right spots, and they're just not doing that right now. But they're not firing on all cylinders. 
And this could get away from them quickly if they don't get it turned around. I knew you'd come up with that. I knew you'd say that. Why can't you be positive? It's almost Thanksgiving. Well, I, I, I'm be super. Thankful. I'm so thankful that we that we are doing this podcast and the that we I, we are being paid to talk about hockey right now. The, sta- super awesome. the, the standings say that if you are in a playoff position at American Thanksgiving, you're in excellent shape. Yes. Yeah, but I, it also says that after two, if the Wild lead, <laughs> five, if they lead going into the second up. period, they are five one and one. If they're tied going into the third period, they're six zero and zero. If they are down after the second period, they are one six and all the cliches really? that mm-hmm. Phil Mackey hates about hockey are this wild team is just helping out that cause. Well, hockey, yeah, they, yeah, the they, cliches they, are true. Yeah. But that's the adversity part yeah. because the stats on the second period they could be losing after the second yeah. period. It's it's that's much different. Me. But this is this is a direct just correlation of showing not getting that final bit of adversity and not being able to push through it, or they just get I don't know. But yeah, that's the biggest. That's the biggest. If they trail after the second period, you might as well say they're going to lose. Hmm. All right, go watch. But before we get done here, go okay. watch Coach Q. Yeah, I have the, the I have the I have the article. And then give us a play by play. Oh is, my God, he has pictures. Yeah, of, give us a play by play. Well, okay. Fantastic. Well, okay. There's a video. Well, okay. I'm trying to find the video. I'm say, you're the millennial. Cool, cool, is it Judd cool, trying cool. to find this video? Who's trying to find this? Video? You know what? Oh, you me you're offensive. I'm not happy with you. I found this right away. I'm sorry. Yeah, I did, I did too. Well, I'm sorry. Okay, so he's in so, all right. There so he shot. Now she's looking at it. <laughs> they just took Shotsky. shots off of a Shotsky. off of an off of a stick loose. Is that that's why Shotsky. I love hockey people. This yeah, is yeah. why that's Quenville. Yep. That's that why is people. that is because you know what? I had those in college too. Yeah, Every Shotsky's. team has them. Everyone you put them on the hockey Shotsky. team, and they always ask for the goalie sticks because you can get more glasses on the paddle. I didn't Go even team. I, I didn't even play hockey. And I used to do those shots too. It's the same thing. This is why hockey people are the best, though. A Correct. Fired, oh. A fired coach. Yeah. Can you imagine if Zim stays in if city? Zim got, if yeah. Zim got run by the Vikings, uh, yeah. showing up at a tailgate for something, he, doing shots, and, and I'm sure he'll, he'll do some shots, but he ain't doing it with the fans. No, like, but I'm sure Joel's like. I don't think he probably. It's probably hit him. and be like they fired me. Me? He'd be, he'd be me? drinking red wine alone. That's what I mean. He's probably just like I'm just gonna get drunk and have yeah. a great time. He's in just hanging red, out for Monday Night Football against the Vikes. The happiest guy on the face of the earth right now. You don't have to put up with a bad hockey team. Yeah. And you're gonna get paid. Yeah. Although, Maybe that's why. Maybe he's doing just an elongated Ovechkin cup run. Except it's direct opposite. It's a celebration of his get the cup back firing. and stand Yeah. Yeah. Or not? I like it. I'd pay for it. All right, kids. We're done. Bye. The South Dakota stories. Volume 3. It was my first time traveling alone. Packed my car with hiking boots, a camera, and my dog, Randy. I don't know what I was searching for. Maybe it was something new, with adventure. Maybe it was the idea of vacation I would never expect, filled with wildlife, national parks, rivers. Whatever it was I set out to find, it was all there and more. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.